This is the Bartender Journey Podcast. It's the Bartender Journey Podcast number 249. My name is Brian Vincent Weber. Thanks for listening. This is the podcast that talks all about bartending and cocktails and spirits. Well, this week on the show, we talk to Micah Lamont. He's the, he's the bar manager at the James Beard Award-nominated Alley Light in Charlottesville, Virginia. He also wrote a nice book called The Imbible. Our book of the week is The Imbible. We'll talk about it more with Mika. And uh, he also gives us our cocktail of the week, The Orange Artichoke. So we'll hear about that during the interview. First, I want to tell you about our sponsor this week. It's Shaker and Spoon Cocktail Club. They'll send you a box of great ingredients every month, enough to make four portions of three great craft cocktails. You just need to pick up uh, one bottle of whatever spirit is called for that month. These are all original recipes sourced from awesome bartenders all around the U.S. Shaker and Spoon is calling the next box the Broken Bourbon Box. May is Kentucky Derby Month, so they're going with the, with the bourbon theme. For the May box, Shaker and Spoon picked the brains of the staff of Broken Shaker. I've not been to any of their locations yet, but, uh, yet, but I hear amazing things. Broken Shaker is a famous cocktail bar with uh, locations in Miami, Chicago, and L.A. In fact, the Miami lo- location, which I'm pretty sure was the original, was listed as number 18 on the yearly World's Best 50 Bars list. Shaker and Spoon got an original recipe from staff members at each of the three different Broken Spoon locations. Go to shakerandspoon.com, spell out the word and, and so shakerandspoon.com, use the coupon code BARTENDER for $20 off and to show your support for this show. You'll have a lot of fun with these boxes. Hazel hosted a cocktail party with some non-bartender friends recently using the Irish whiskey box. The, uh, there's videos of it up on the Bartender Journey Facebook page. It was fun. For each recipe, she had uh, two different friends team up and make the drink uh, for the three different drinks so check that out and uh, check out this shaker and spoon videos on our facebook page you'll just have to scroll back a little bit remember it's shakerandspoon.com spell out and shakerandspoon.com and use the coupon code bartender for twenty dollars off all right let's get right into our interview i'll just ask you to uh introduce yourself so i don't mispronounce your name Oh yeah, that's that's a, a lifelong struggle for me. Uh, my first name is Micah, uh, and my last name is Lamont. Um, so yeah, very very cool name, <laughs> I must say. Unusual, but uh, awesome. <laughs> yeah, my 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 dad is a a, a preacher, and uh, so lots of people in my my family have kind of arcane Bible names. Got a brother named Joel. So all right, there you go. Yeah. So you're down in uh, Virginia, yeah? Yeah, in Charlottesville, Virginia. I must admit, I've never been there. You're missing out, man. Cool city. Uh, indeed, yeah. We've got a. It's kind of a little pocket of culture um, in the middle of the mountains of Virginia. Uh, so we've got the University of Virginia here. Uh, we've got kind of a, a community of, of foodies and, and artists, and uh, a community that that supports. Uh, food and the arts and music so awesome. uh, it's real real small town uh 40,000 people and um yeah great quality of life i can walk just about everywhere i need to oh so, i love that <laughs> yeah that's awesome so where just to uh give perspective where how far is that from say dc yeah so we're about uh two hours kind of south uh southwest of, of dc we're about an hour hour west of of richmond Mm-hmm. Um, we can drive to, to West Virginia in about, about an hour and a half. So very cool. 
Well, I want to say uh, your your book's great. It really sums up everything you need to know. I mean, you you, you say it's uh, a cocktail. Well, we'll introduce it. It's the Imbible, a cocktail guide for beginning and home bartenders. But I think, um, yeah, for well, for beginning bartenders, it's an awesome book. It really sums up just everything you need to know, but from techniques to ingredients and balance. And uh, very well done, sir. Cool. Thanks. I appreciate it. Well, and you know what I was really interested into, and I want to jump in right away, was your uh, lime cordial recipe. So I, I mixed some of that up last night. You know, what I struggle with at my bar is, um, you know, we don't go through a lot of lime juice, but I like to make it ahead of time. But then, you know, it doesn't last. And uh, right. other other bartenders are lazy and they'll, you know, if I don't throw it out, they won't make their own. They'll just use what's left over or whatever, you know. So right, <laughs> it's right. a struggle. So I was, I was interested in this lime cordial very much to see uh, for, for mostly for shelf life purposes. Can you, can you tell us? Uh, a little bit about it yeah yeah um i think i just kind of adapted that recipe from one i found online yeah so basically it's just a fresh lime juice that's fortified with a simple syrup that's got some lime zest and a little citric acid and tartaric acid in it so uh keeps it um shelf stable for about 10 to 14 days i'll probably toss it after after two weeks um, right. But yeah, so it's it, it functions primarily as an acidic component. It does have a little bit of sugar though. Uh, but if you're if you're making a gimlet, um, two to one spirit lime cordial, you're you're in business there. It's really tasty. Cool and for a daiquiri too, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I might I might add just a little bit of sugar in there. Uh, just yeah, just you know, taste. actually I. <laughs> I forgot how much sugar was in that lime cordial because I made it last night, but I actually put it put something together here. I was going to mix it right now. I, I got two ounces of uh, real McCoy silver rum. I got one ounce of your lime cordial and three quarters of a um, simple made with um, Demerara sugar. So okay. uh, that might be a little too sweet, huh? Yeah, maybe, maybe just a little. I might go like a fat fat quarter ounce of the Demerara, something like that. Right, right. You know what? I'm I'm going to ask you to hang on for one second, and I'm going to add just a little <laughs> bit more lime juice to a little more lime cordial, and uh, and then we're going to shake See it up it and drink it. So okay. stand by. Yeah, yeah. Cheers. We'll edit this out. <laughs> All right, cool. Sorry about that. Well, I, no worries. I, I splashed in another half ounce of uh, rum, uh, which is always a good idea, and uh, yeah. another quarter ounce of your uh, lime cordial. So let's mix that, nice. mix that up and see what it's like. Yeah, I'm really curious about this. And I'd like to uh, institute something like this at my bar because, like I said, I struggle keeping the lime juice fresh and uh, making sure everybody does, you know, making sure it's consistent. All right. Probably should have shaken that a little longer, but. All right. Uh, Let's see what we got here. (laughs) There you go. There's one for you, Daiquiri. Snack snack time. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, it's nice. It actually came out a little, uh, there's a little foam on the top, which is uh, not how, it, it, it's a little foamier, I think, than, than it would be if I just used the straight up, straight up lime juice. Interesting. Oh. But, yeah. Um, so yeah, it, that's something I had never messed with before. It was uh, the, what is it, citric acid and the other one? T- yeah, t- yeah, just kind of, it helps to, helps to keep it uh, fresh just a little bit longer. Makes it just a little more tart too. Awesome. This is your first book, I assume? Indeed, yeah. What was that like? I mean, it's a big uh, project, right? Yeah, you know, um, it was kind of interesting. Uh, so we opened, I kind of ended up being in the right place at the right time uh, in 2014 and teamed up with uh, Will Ritchie, who's a, a restaurateur here in Charlottesville, to open the Alley Light and really was fortunate to find a clientele that supported you know, a, a craft cocktail 
bar and then kind of a movement here in town. So uh, we kind of tossed around the idea. Uh, since we had such a, a big interest in our cocktail program when we first opened, uh, we kind of tossed around the idea of writing a cocktail book and looked at self-publishing. And the, the break-even scenario was, was pretty intimidating. We thought we could probably uh, spend the money better by adding to the business or doing a rooftop bar, this, that, and the other. So we kind of shelved the project. And about two years after that, I got a random phone call from uh, UVA Press, uh, University of Virginia Press here in town. And they're doing a series of food books uh, featuring winemakers, beer makers, chefs, cocktail uh, makers here in town. And they asked me if I wanted to do a book. And I was like, I've already got one mostly written. <laughs> nice. uh, so uh, so it, it, uh, they were able to fast track it to publication. And it came out this past uh, October. So it's really kind of a serendipitous thing, and, and it kind of just just happened. So Very pretty cool. cool. I'm always interested in the um, the photography in books is always really interesting. You know, I mean, it's quite it's quite an art to get great pictures, and then just to even style them. Did you did you style these yourself, or bring somebody yeah, in? Yeah, you that? know, I worked with this this genius guy uh, named Tom McGovern. He does a lot of work uh, up in your neck of the woods in in Manhattan and in New York and in, uh, Connecticut. And he lives in, in Charlottesville, and uh, he's a big, you know, does a lot of food photography, and he's a cocktail enthusiast. And he, the quote that he gave me to do the work on the book, it was just like, he's like, hey, I want to work with you. Like, let's do this. And I was like, Very cool. uh, great. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. So he gave us a really great deal on his services. Man, his whole toolkit's crazy. He, he has this software that's, I think, designed to photograph like butterflies or some some crazy, you know, it's designed to to uh, photograph like high wing speeds of of insects, and oh, wow. it just just happens to be perfect for photographing uh, cocktails. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So beverage beverage photography is is especially partic- uh, particularly difficult um, because you know a, a lot of beverage. Photographs are with fake ice or fake drinks, and, and we right. chose to, to to make it all and try to photograph it before the cocktails died. So. Very cool. Yeah, you know, I'm looking right now at your um your original drink here, the black black fair cocktail, is it? Black Friar, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that that picture is amazing, and it's uh just very inviting. Now, what is um what is this ingredient? I don't recognize it. B y r r h. What is that? Oh, burr. Uh, that is that's kind of like a vermouth cousin. Okay. Uh, so it's an aromatized and fortified wine. So it's a it's a wine that's uh, that's bittered and flavored with with some herbs. And it's got a red wine base. It's kind of like bitter berry kind of red winey. It's really really tasty. It goes really well with with slow gin, things like raspberry, prickly pear. It goes really well. Last this week, uh, the the violets are up here in Charlottesville. So uh, made a, a violet sour with some burr and some creme de violet, some little fruit elements, a little Hendrix egg white. It's really tasty. Um, it's it's on Instagram. It's interesting enough. I've, oh, I just what's finished. your Instagram? Uh, what is it? It's Micah LaMonster. I just <laughs> I just li- finished listening to your last uh, podcast, and I took your advice and and followed you on uh, on Instagram. Oh, thanks. I'll have to uh, yeah. I'll have to make sure I follow you back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cheers. You uh 
So actually, you sent us, I asked, um, I always ask my guests if they'd be willing to contribute a cocktail for our cocktail of the week, and uh, you sent one over. We got the orange artichoke. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. I think you sent that over. So it's uh, two ounces Maker's Mark bourbon, half an ounce Carpano Antica, sweet sweet vermouth, half an ounce of Chinar, and uh, Amaro, oh, I always forget how to pronounce this. Nonino. Nonino, right. Amaro Nonino. And two dashes of uh, Angostura orange bitters, and yeah. stir that and, and serve it over a sexy ice cube. You say in an orange. Yeah, twist. yeah, <laughs> nice, nice sexy cube. Yeah, I like that. Do you do uh, what do you do for ice at your bar? So we have uh, we've got a couple kinds. We've got a cold draft ice machine makes those big. I think they're they're one uh, one, one inch by quarter, one inch or one, one and a quarter. quarter yeah. I think, right? yeah, and then we also uh, make clear ice. So this is something I mentioned in in my book. I'm I'm kind of a mm-hmm. big follower of, of Dave Arnold. Yeah, um, <laughs> I see and, that you mentioned uh, him several times in your book. Yeah, yeah, big fan of that guy, and also Jeffrey Morgenthaler. I think oh, those yeah. guys are Morgenthaler. done a lot for the amazing. He's got a new book coming yeah, out. Yeah, done done a lot for the the community. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, Dave Arnold's got a, a protocol for for making clear ice in his book. So we we follow that. And I, I tried to uh, make a less a less exhaustive discussion of of making clear ice in my book just for for the layperson. Yeah. Um, and so so we we do that, make it in in igloo coolers, and then just kind of hack it up to order. I also like to collect uh, like antique glassware. So I've got a, a bunch of different tumblers of different sizes. Mm-hmm. So instead of you know cutting a bunch yeah. of cubes oh, okay. gotcha. I, uh, <laughs> before service we 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 hack them up to order and try to um, <laughs> fit them in the glass puzzle, right? <laughs> puzzle fit them in, in the glass without breaking glasses so that's so funny i i did um i had to craft a cocktail for an event um a special event and uh created an original cocktail but i wasn't going to be i had to take that day off for whatever reason so um we made we made all these ice cubes but we made them in the big um ice cube tray you know the big Right, like right, two right. inch ones, right? So, yeah. <laughs> but what's funny with those is they're not perfectly square because you can't fill it completely to the top, right? So, right. So <laughs> you have to put it in the glass kind of sideways, otherwise it won't fit in our rocks glass. So uh, I heard from the GM when I got back the next day that the, the drink was great, but the ice cubes wouldn't fit in the glass. We had to melt them a little. I was like, oh, sorry, I should have told you. Yeah, you just turn you it def- a little. <laughs> turn it. Yeah, you can definitely break your glass, too, if you uh, <laughs> yeah, try yeah. to aggressively fit your cube in there, too, which I've I've done and, and then broke, broke yeah. my glass and my ice and then unloaded a lot of profanity yeah. in the general direction of that. <laughs> event it's the yeah. worst when you break yeah. your glass in your eyes hey um just for anybody who doesn't know can you uh quickly explain how the uh this the method of making clear ice yeah so you just uh take uh water that's been boiled and filtered and you add it to an igloo cooler and put it in the freezer preferably for about 36 with the top open you have to leave the top open a little bit yeah yeah so there's some science involved but but uh and, and it's really kind of cool science if, if you're interested in, in learning about it. But basically, the, the freezing process is, is almost kind of like a natural filtration process. And uh, it pushes out any gas or particulate matter. And you just kind of want to try to mimic how ice forms in nature because lake ice forms clear. And so you, that's why you use the igloo 
uh, cooler, so it forms from the top down. Camper English kind of uh, started that thing, or he, uh, I think he was yeah. one of the first to ever write about it. And, and it's on his, it was, yeah. It's on, it's, we'll, we'll put a link to that in the show notes, but that's uh, Camper English's blog, uh, what is it, Alchemy, right? Alchemy? Uh, Al- Alchemics. Alchemics, right. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. So it pushes all the impurities, as they call them, down to the bottom, and then you cut that part off, and then you have clear ice. It's pretty, it's pretty awesome. My publisher hired some uh, millennial interns to do some kind of video of me hacking up an ice cube, so that's floating around on on YouTube somewhere. All right. Um, yeah, it's it's remarkably well done. Uh, kids and technology are are way more clever than than I am. So. <laughs> right, right. I'll have to ask uh, Becky for that link, and we'll try yeah. to we'll put that up as well. Uh, so I like, uh, you, you, you also, uh, you referenced the daiquiri quite a bit and I, I really, um, couldn't agree with you more. It's like one of the most important cocktails out there to, to master. Yeah. Yeah. So you do two ounces rum, half simple, half lime juice. Yeah. I, I love that drink. No, I just think it's the most, you know, once, once you can make that drink properly, it's just like everything else kind of sprouts from that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, like, uh. Like there's mother sauces in cooking. This is one of the mother cocktails, don't you think? Yeah, and indeed, that it's kind of the starting point of, or the best starting point to get where you want to go when you're kind of riffing on cocktails. Yeah, I did. A, I did a whole episode about that, and it's like you know, if, if you think about it, you know, it's it's uh, it relates to the daiquiri, it relates to the margarita, you know, even a Tom Collins. All these things sprout straight off of the right. daiquiri. Yeah. Right, the gimlet, yeah, gimlet, sure. Tom Collins is such a great drink, and it's you know it's unfortunate that it got a bad rep because of sour mix. But you know if you make it right, it's delicious. Uh, I I couldn't agree more. Yeah, you have the Vucre here as well, which is another great drink. It's a, yeah. it, it, that doesn't show up much in uh, outside of New Orleans. You don't see it all that often, but I think it's a fantastic drink. Yeah, I think it's making a comeback. It's it's really tasty. Yeah, it's interesting that it splits the. Um, it's uh, equal parts rye, cognac, and sweet vermouth, along with a little Benedictine, Peixot's bitters, and Angostura bitters. But um, interesting that uh, the, the rye and the cognac go to go together nicely. Yeah, um, splitting that spirit base, man. That's a that's a classic strategy. Look in old cocktail books. That's kind of how people riffed on, you know, the classics. Yeah, the uh, corpse reviver as well. That's an interesting drink. I don't think I've ever made one but uh oh, it's pretty it's cool. delicious yeah. another another split split spirit base especially if you get a hold of some really good calvados and some good cognac some good vermouth it's it's a really really tasty cocktail yeah what is this the calvados bouillard is that is that the one you mentioned here in the book yeah that's a really tasty one um i've, I've also found uh so in, in virginia we're a little little limited with with uh some of the distillates we can get because it Everything has to go through the state. Um, one one brand that I, I like is uh, also is uh, Bushnell's VSOP. It's really tasty. We've got a, a cocktail on our list right now with that. Uh, it's like a like a pear sour with Calvados, uh, hmm. lemon egg white, little verjus, just a little hum, honey, and some Besharovka, which is like a where is it from? A, a Czech kind of bittersweet uh, hmm. herbal cordial. But yeah, um, Calvados is. is a really delicious distillate. Have you ever been to Normandy before? I have not. I would recommend putting it on your bucket list. Okay. Um, they make like a low alcohol cider in Normandy um, that's got a little residual sweetness to it. I've heard of that, um, yeah. And it's it's so unbelievably delicious. And when you taste good Calvados, you you taste that Normandy cider. Mm. And it's, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's 
once once you taste it, you can't untaste it. Um, <laughs> it's it's really really tasty. Well, Calvados, of course, uh, is distilled from cider, I guess, right? I mean, it's basically, right, basically yeah. cider that's been distilled. Yeah, <laughs> in, you know, yeah. in the same way we call uh, whiskeys distilled distilled from beer. Right. So uh, you you mentioned uh, infusions here, which is interesting because there's a lot there's different ways to do it. And uh, what's yeah. your take on on infusions? Yeah. Uh, so it's not it's not a technique that I use all the time. I think for certain ingredients, um, it, it can work really well. Probably, I mean, one of my favorite infusions that we do at the Alley Light is uh, a spruce tip infusion in gin. I don't know if you've ever worked with, uh, with spruce tips. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> yeah, so so spruce trees in, in the yeah. early spring, okay. we put out these little little tips of new growth. They're kind of tender. They're incredibly, incredibly fragrant and just unbelievably kind of quintessentially evergreeny wow we get some cool stuff from uh, a forager uh, it's kind of redneck guy uh, and i mean that in the best possible way <laughs> uh, a guy named digger J. he's actually been featured in uh, a couple of southern uh, publications i think the local palette maybe garden and gun too um, but he he goes out in the woods in the blue ridge mountains and i think he also travels in west virginia and he, he just you know, digs up the craziest stuff to <laughs> to sell to restaurants. So, uh, morels, mm-hmm. uh, ramps, spruce tips. He sells us birch, uh, birch sticks, black birch, sassafras. In the spring, I, I've been emailing him every week. I'm like, hey, want more spruce tips? Want more spruce <laughs> tips? Uh, they're they're about to about to come out this year. Anyways, you put those spruce tips in a bottle of gin. And ordinarily, you might wait like a day or two to get a real potent infusion of an ingredient. But, you know, you just put a handful of those spruce tips in a bottle of gin, and in four hours, you just have the most unbelievably fragrant and potent and sprucey uh, evergreeny gin. And it's just delightful to mix. Uh, Works really well in a a bijou. Goes really nice with with green chartreuse, yellow chartreuse, and kind of herbal profile uh, bittersweet cordials so is that used in um how is it used in cooking is it like used in uh, spruce tips yeah so it's they're real weird uh you can you can chew on them and i think they're actually yeah i've, I've seen people make ice cream with them make gelato with them i think they're used in uh in uh scandinavian cuisine uh to like flavor and 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 cure things if you chew on them it's real interesting they're they're not only evergreeny but they're also kind of tart so they do have like a little hint of acidity to them so uh, uh, and you think about a a cocktail needing an acidic component you know i I don't know if anyone Uh out there is interested in isolating the acidic component of spruce tips and using it in a pure acid for a balanced cocktail that might be interesting uh, thought experiment but yeah it's it's a fascinating ingredient wow that's uh great yeah i'll have to yeah seek that out i don't, yeah. I don't even know where i would get yeah. it <laughs> yeah i think if i remember correctly you mentioned in the book several times that you had a uh, sort of a love-hate relationship with uh bitter yeah right? yeah so yeah man I, I i grew up yeah in the 80s when you know it was kind of a food desert in the united states and the the 70s and at least in most of the country in 70s and 80s and grew up eating uh you know nachos and pizza and hot dogs and you know it i wasn't really exposed to many many bitter, bitter flavored things as a kid and so you know when i heard about 
bitter ingredients. I, I was just like, well, why would you, why would you choose to, <laughs> why would you choose to, why would you yeah, do that exactly. on purpose? <laughs> I mean, when you can have some sweet. Why would you want something that's bitter? But, you know, as it turns out, um, bitter balances sweet. I mean, you think about, uh, yeah. you, you think about lemonade, uh, you know, acidity balances sugar, uh, bitterness balances sugar. So, um, you know, without, without the, the lemons and the lemonade, you'd just be drinking syrup and, you know, without the, right. you know, bitterness and bitter sweet cordials, you'd just be drinking syrup and the, the bitterness really is there to balance the sugar and, and alcohol in a cocktail. So, I mean, it, it just makes a whole lot of theoretical sense, but, you know, it, try telling that to someone who's totally unfamiliar with it and they're yeah. going to be deeply right. suspicious of you trying to poison them yeah <laughs> suspicious that's, yeah. that's a funny word you do, i don't know if you heard the episode i did a few uh, a while back uh, um dale degroff did a uh, seminar and we just did we he oh made yeah batch of made, yeah. All, yeah and then we did without bitters and then we just tried five different bitters and they were so vastly different you know it was amazing and the more bitter the the um bitters were the the more balanced the drink tasted yeah. you know and, and like i said in that episode like the Ang the angostura the bitters that everybody has right was actually the least bitter of the huh. five and uh it just made the drink taste that much sweeter because it was less bitter. yeah it's really interesting yeah um i i think that um i'm hip to this criticism that my palate's a little sweet and i work with lots of people and they'll frequently make fun of me for uh you know they prefer their drinks a little drier or more bitter than i do um, so I, I get razzed enough about that. But one of my favorite bitters is, uh, especially in Manhattan is, is Bob's Abbott's bitters. I don't know if you guys tasted that one. That yeah. One, yep. We did. That was yeah, one of the five. Uh, yep. That's just, that's far and away my favorite, uh, Manhattan bitters. So tasty. Yeah. Very good. But a lot of, a lot of your recipes have, I mean, well, several of them anyway, have Fernet Branca in it. And so you're, you're, you're taking to the bitter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I do enjoy bitter stuff, but, um, I, I feel like this generation of, of bartenders that are, are coming up behind me uh, are even more. Uh, I mean, so they've they've grown up understanding, you know, that bitter balances things. They've been exposed to these ingredients uh, at a younger age, and I think that they're just a lot more uh, used to used to bitter things. They're a lot more adventurous with, you know, putting a full full ounce of you know elixir novasalis or a full ounce of malort or something in a, a, a flip or a, a you know negroni or what have you negronis uh, we talked about how important the daiquiri is i think the negroni is another one that's oh yeah so indeed and people that's not you know we're i don't know around the same age i suppose and you know that's not something we drank when we were definitely kids. not <laughs> But but now you see, I mean, I see, I see twenty two year olds ordering way more Negronis than the fifty year olds. Yeah, you know? it's it's really fascinating to see uh, these you know cocktail ingredients and and classic cocktails come come full circle in the you know in the collective conscious of of you know <laughs> human beings on the planet. It's pretty pretty great. You know, I, I don't think that uh, ten years ago I I would have believed it if you'd told me you know young attractive girl walks into a bar and and uh you know asks for uh, negroni with carpano antica and you know <laughs> ransom old tom gin <laughs> or equally a uh you know a, a nice pd scotch right. on the rocks yeah. you know <laughs> that's not something that happened 15 yeah. years ago yeah. never 
That was an uh, an old an old guy's right. drink, and and uh, young people, especially the the ladies, would never yeah. order that. Are you a uh, are you are you a big uh, whiskey guy, or what, what? What would you say is your favorite spirit? Oh to drink man, um, you know I love I I guess yeah that all depends. Uh, after dinner, I really love having a little nip of something bittersweet. Um, I really like Fernet Branca and uh, Green Chartreuse. Um, uh, after a really long, uh, tough shift, I I I, I don't hate a, a little nip of whiskey, either some bourbon or some rye. Yeah. Um, maybe mm-hmm. maybe a little little Claus and pickle juice to chase it. It's kind of <laughs> kind of my go-to. Um, but but yeah, I, re- I really like bourbon and, and rye, and uh, uh, maybe to a little lesser extent scotch. Um, I, I appreciate peaty scotch, but it's not necessarily like something I'm you know, chomping at the bit to order at a, at a bar. So, yeah, I'm the same way. I love, I love scotch, but I, I don't, I don't go for the super smoky ones. Yeah. Myself. And, uh, you know, we live in the United States. We're kind of in, in the right part of the world to be drinking, uh, American whiskey. So it's, it's affordable. Right. And yep. even, even the cheap stuff is, uh, even the quote, quote unquote, rot gut stuff is, uh, you know, it's, it's made by big companies that make good whiskey and, you know, I'm just I'm just fine with this. That Evan Williams, it's so cheap and it's it's not yeah, terrible. I'm, I'm fine with a little ancient age, little you know, yeah, little Henry McKenna. That's that's totally fine. That's the, the one thing that's nice about the um, you know the bourbon. It's you know what you're gonna get. I mean, you know, there's restrictions on 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 it, and uh, there's certain requirements that have to be met. So it's uh, you know it can't be. It can't really can't be that bad. Yeah, and and interesting enough, um, in in writing uh, this book and kind of learning about how spirits are defined in the United States, I think the United States and and feel free to um, have your users send me hate mail if uh, if I'm wrong about this, but um, I, <laughs> I'm pretty sure the United States has one of the most strict set of laws uh, surrounding the aging of of bourbon and rye rye whiskey, uh, such that most of the the aged distillates around the world are are aged in used bourbon or, or rye barrels. So right. I mean we're we're getting those first fill, real rich, you know, amounts of vanilla out of American oak barrels and that ends up in our brine and bourbon and or makes them so delicious. Yeah. Pretty pretty yeah. lucky. Yeah. You know, you know, a scot a scotch will uh, you know, they'll advertise the fact or they'll you know, they'll trumpet the fact that it's a first first use barrel, you know, but we get yeah. that all the time. Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess you're right. Yeah. We're kind of lucky that way. Truth. You know, I didn't. I didn't realize until a couple of years ago. I knew, I always knew. I read about the requirements to call if you're going to call it bourbon. You know, it has to be first fill uh, oak barrel and all and charred oak barrel and all this stuff. And um, I didn't realize until a couple of years ago that it's the same for for rye whiskey yeah. in the United States, yeah. which is awesome. I'm I'm a big. I love yeah. rye. It's delicious. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time, Absolutely. sir. Absolutely. And uh, again, the book is uh, The Imbible, a cocktail guide for beginner, beginning and home bartenders. But I think uh, even experienced bartenders can benefit from this book because it, it kind of sums up. It kind of, you know, I have I have a must have forty books on the shelf behind me here, and this this kind of sums all of them up. It's like uh, I don't want to say it's a cliff notes, but that's, it, it yeah, sums that's it all great up. To you know, hear that was the whole whole aim of the book. Perfect. All right, so I, I picked up on that. Very cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> well, it was, it was a pleasure, sir, and uh, I hope to get down there and um, see you. Some, some, some yeah, time. we'd love to share some Southern hospitality, man. I appreciate yeah. it. Okay, Thank nice you so much. Nice talking to you, Brian. Same okay. here. Bye.
interesting guy. Check out his book, The Imbible, especially if you're just getting started in the so-called craft bartending. Uh, and also if you're a cocktail enthusiast making drinks at home, that'll be a great book for you. I think anybody can really benefit from this book. We'll have a link to it up on bartenderjourney.net along with the show notes that go with this page. Anytime you use one of those Amazon links on bartenderjourney.net, you help out the show just a little bit. It doesn't cost you any extra. And whether you buy that book uh, and or something else in that sort of session after clicking through from bartenderjourney.net, you help out the show just a little bit and it doesn't cost you any extra. Next week on the show, we're going to talk to Natalie from Beautiful Booze. She She's an amazing photographer and has a great blog and great Instagram and all the uh, all the socials. And we had her on the show a couple years ago and talked about taking great photos of your drinks. But I want to have her back on because she's done something really interesting. She gave up her apartment and just travels around the world full time now. Amazing. She blogs and documents her experiences about going to, to distilleries, wineries, amazing hotels, restaurants and bars all over the world. So, uh, yeah jealous so make sure you're subscribed to the bartender journey podcast so that you get the new shows downloaded to your phone automatically for free every week as soon as they become available what a deal Hey, if this show's helped you out, entertained you, informed you, please consider supporting Bartender Journey with a small pledge to our Patreon campaign. You can uh, go to bartenderjourney.net slash Patreon for more information about that and uh, read read uh, the, the details there. For the cost of, you know, like a draft beer per month, you can uh, help keep this show going. We'd really appreciate it. Follow Bartender Journey on Instagram at Bartender Journey. And, uh, well, let's do our toast. May you have the hindsight to know where you've been and the foresight to know where you are going. Cheers. We'll see you next time on the Bartender Journey Podcast.